Blog Talk Radio. He's nuts. Welcome to the war room. We got Dez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the high my commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good out there, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm that bold Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother. Got B. Austin in the building. What up, B? Wagwan. <laughs> man, it was a crazy NFL week one, man. Got real, real, real bonkers out on the field. And some of the side stories as well. So we're going to discuss some of those stories from opening week and preview some things to come in week two. So make sure you keep it locked right here. And if you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 15 minutes after we gamble with Gus and talk college football with Fred Purdue. We're going to open up that Digital Extreme Tech hotline, that number as usual, 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, that you check out archived episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at warroomsports.com or on the War Room Sports mobile app, also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Man, wherever you get your podcast, man, we are more than likely to be there. What up, broski? It's been a another crazy week in the U.S. of A. You know, of course, uh, yesterday we had the uh, an anniversary of 9-11. You know what, man? Since that time in 2001, somehow, some way, I always find myself flying somewhere on 9-11, but I'm not, like, afraid of it or anything. I actually think it's probably the safest day of the year to fly at this point because, you know, security's heightened and all that kind of stuff. But I always find myself on an airplane on 9-11. What the hell? Yeah, you ain't got to worry about it because none of the the presidents after that particular president had any scams going on where they would actually hire terrorists to fly in the building. And run false flag operations in their own country, but I didn't say that, man. Never mind. That's not what you. That's not what we were talking about. My bad. My bad. Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, all the conspiracy theories, all of these years later, still floating around. You know, a lot of people don't believe the government's account of what happened on that fateful day of uh, September 11th, 2001. Man. That, that that was a, a scary day, especially, you know, being in Washington, D.C. at the time. I was a few miles away from the Pentagon. We had no miles what was going on. They herded us, herded us out into the mall like cats. <laughs> like, it was, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Um, 
But God's all of those who lost their lives and you know, shout out to their families. I hope they're coping all of these years later. But you know, maybe one day we will find out the one hundred percent truth behind everything that happened that day. Crazy week in sports as well, man. NFL is here. Um it was a, it was a crazy week, man. Like we said in the in the open, and we're gonna talk about that stuff in a minute. Before we do, though, of course, uh, we gotta let you know that the hot topics that we're about to talk about, including uh, segments by Gus Griffin and Fred Purdue, are brought to you by my bookie. Real quick, let's talk about how much cash you guys can make betting on sports at my bookie. Let's talk about it. The NFL is back. Uh, again, Gus Griffin is about to drop some gems on you for week number two. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to jump into that pool. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Write that down. Not .com, not .net, mybookie.ag. You tired of getting the runaround when it's time to get paid? Well, that's why we urge you to join my bookie. Get off those other sites and stop <laughs> making bets with actual live bookies, the illegal kind that's running around the streets, then you might not have that problem. Either way, you win, they pay. No hassle. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after the games actually start. So join now. My bookie will match your first Jesus. deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. That'll activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. Period. All right, so let's get. We got Gus Griffin on the line. We're about to do some gambling with Gus. Gus, what's going on, good brother? Happy week two. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. How, how things go yeah, for you last week? Them numbers, Gus. Let's get to them numbers. What's their record? Well, yeah. start out one and three. 0-1 on the upset special, but keep hope. I started out 0-5 last year, and I ended up with a winning record, so keep the faith. Stay the course. All right, got to stay the course. All right, let's 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 talk about some games uh, coming up in week two. We got the Arizona Cardinals at the Baltimore Ravens. This is a 13-point line right now. I mean, I know we saw with Baltimore – did to those Cleveland Browns, those newly minted Super Bowl champion Cleveland Browns <laughs> last week. Um, but the Cardinals showed some fight and some resolve in their tie. They don't get any credit for that? What do you think, Gus? Well, um, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you're not going to make a living laying double-digit points in the NFL. Uh, no. Last year, um, double-digit, um, double-digit underdogs covered against the spread – they were 19, 14, and 1. And six of them, six double-digit underdogs, won outright. 2-0 and this first week with Washington and Cincinnati covering. So the bottom Man. line is, and that's not an aberration. I know people the, who that, that bet on that Washington-Philly game was so sick when Washington scored that meaningless yeah, touchdown at the end of the game. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. It was like you figure, okay, well they're gonna at least cover the spread, and then they caught them so quickly. It was like, oh, this might be a danger. I didn't play the game at all, but I mean, it was yeah. That means that, but that's pretty much the norm. Um, 
Arizona, you know, um, Murray in the fourth quarter when they had to let him turn him loose, he figured some things out. Um, in, I mean, they're two double-digit underdogs this week. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Miami Dolphins, and I'm not that damn smart. I, there's no way in the world I'm taking the Miami Dolphins, even though New England's <laughs> had trouble down there. I'm not. I am not taking 18, 19 points, whatever it is now. So I'm going to – and, you know, of course, what Baltimore did against Miami, I, you know, how much do you read into that? Um, right. I'm going to go with Arizona plus the 13. Okay. All right, so we got the Chiefs. Not the, This is just the Chiefs? With the over under, just a single, the, yeah, single over. Entire, yeah, this is the Chiefs the, with their over under um, point total being thirty. Uh, I mean, I I think most people might take it a certain way, but let's see what you say. <laughs> over under thirty take, for the Chiefs. I'm taking that over thirty. They averaged thirty seven against them last year. Um, I didn't see anything against Jacksonville that indicates that that Chief is offensive done anything different. They, they're just taking up where they left off at. Jacksonville has a better defense than the Raiders. I'm taking the Chiefs over. And surprise, just surprise, the, the you got Sammy Watkins out there balling when Tariq Hill goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy's usually the one going down. All right, so, yeah, I, I think, really, give me 16 weeks of Chiefs over under 30, and I might just take that bet every week, take my chances. Um, <laughs> you got the Saints at the Rams, a uh, rematch of the much controversial <laughs> uh, NFC Championship game. Um, this line is at two and a half. What you doing? I'm taking the Saints plus the two and a half. Um, if there's, I mean, if there was ever a definition of a revenge game, this is it. I mean, the Saints have got to be thinking, you got our conference championship trophy and I don't know that they would have beaten New England, but I guarantee you they wouldn't have got kept out of the end zone the whole down goal. Yeah, yeah. So they wouldn't have been. So I'm sure the Saints are. Out. Yeah, they would. They wouldn't have been like that. So I'm taking the Saints. I'm actually that's going to be one of my upset specials as well. Um, so uh, Saints plus two and a half. Saints to win. All right, and we got another. Uh, we got a over under here. It's the Bills versus the Giants, the battle for New York, um, <laughs> battle for the state. And the over-under is 43-and-a-half. Where are you going? I'm taking the under. Kurt Bills Wilson. have a very good defense. Bills have a very <laughs> good defense. They the do. Giants have no offensive option other than, I mean, they got one of the greatest offensive options in the league, but that's all they have in Saquon Barkley. So that spells um, limited possessions for the Giants, even if they did have any weapons, which they really don't outside. And the Bills, even if, I mean, the Bills, Bills have a good defense. I see a third. I see a 13-10, 2017 game max. Okay. Sounds about right. Um, and last but not least, we have the Broncos visiting – I'm sorry, the Bears visiting uh, Denver to face the Broncos. That line is two and a half. Where are you going? I'm taking the Broncos plus the two and a half. Um, Flacco that, – that, you had to watch that game. He didn't get a lot of help that last week. I mean, you know, he wasn't great, but he didn't get a lot. He had a touchdown pass dropped in the end zone and just, just a lot of different things. That And it's a new offense, so I expect them to get a little better offensively. They're never going to remind us of the Chiefs, but I expect them to get a little better. They're getting back home. It's a hard place to play, and I was it blew my mind how much Trubisky seemed to regress. I mean, he really made strides last year. And against a Packer defense that really has never – I mean, when was the last time the Packers defense was of note? 
And, um, I, you know, three points, that just doesn't convince me that they're ready to, to really get off to a, a good start. So I'm taking the Broncos plus the two-and-a-half and to win. That's my second upset special. Yeah, the Broncos would have a, a home game uh, this week. I just left Denver, was there since Saturday, and there was nothing to do sports-wise. I mean, the Rockies were in town, but uh, I wanted to see the Broncos. Either way. All right, guys, we'll see how it goes this week. Hope we can make a quick turnaround so we don't have to make it dramatic at the end of the season. So let's turn this around quickly and uh, get up over 500. All right, so we will talk to you next week. All right. Uh, latest column is out on your um, site now. Um, five yes, things to take is. away from the Antonio Brown drama. All right, make sure you guys go read that. That's at War Room Sports. Dot com. I know everybody out there is heavily embroiled into this Antonio Brown saga that we have going on. I know um, Gus as a Steelers fan, and we got Skyview um, in the chat room, a Raiders fan. I'm pretty sure y'all are pretty happy to have that that drama away from your franchise. Maybe not Skyview. They were looking forward to a little Antonio Brown, and then it just the the, the, the floor fell from beneath everybody. But at some point when this keeps going on, he'll probably be in the same boat as you, Gus. Like, yeah, I'm glad we got him out of here. All right, so we'll talk to you next week, man. All right, y'all take care. All right, you too. Gus Griffin, everybody, go get your bets in. All right. So before we move on to some stuff that, you know, we have to talk about, a.k.a. the Antonio Brown saga itself, um, we're going to talk a little college football. We've got the homie Fred Purdue on the line to give us the latest and greatest in the world of college football. Fred, what's going on, good brother? You're in the war room. Fellas, what's, what's going on, man? It's been a minute. Much, man, man, Fred, what's happening? Zach Randolph can't get luck. The oh, I'll never get over <laughs> You know they ain't going to ever let you, Fred. All right, so look, man, you know, NFL is going down. College football is going down. Fred is like a kid in a candy store. Um, so we're going to talk a few minutes about what's going on in college football. And, you know, from this point on, you guys also make sure you go to warroomsports.com and check out every episode of Quick Slant, college football show where Fred gets way more in-depth Um on his analysis of college football. But right now, Fred, we want to ask you about this Tom Herman situation. He and his wife were trolled by LSU fans. I think I even read that his wife was put into Twitter jail for a night or so. What's the deal with this situation? Yeah, I mean, Tom Herman, his his phone number got out there. You always know what happens when trolling fans get a hold of an opposing uh, team coaches, player, whatever, phone number, you know, they're going to dial and they're going to continue to dial. Well, they decide, his wife decides to start speaking Spanish and and we know how, we know the MAGA, I mean, America we live in. Um, So they they started, those same fans started saying, we speak English in this country and she just, yeah, she recorded it and it got put on social media and then she got put in Twitter jail. Then she got out and she reposted it, and she just blocked the number because the number is from the, pe- the people calling, or the the 
the subject matter here. I mean, she was putting numbers out there. She was exposing people, even though there were no names. All right. That's weird. Like, it's crazy that she would be (laughs) penalized for any of this, but hey, no no telling what she actually said. If it's speaking Spanish on you, she might have she might have put roots on people. <laughs> anyway, um, so I hear that there's a new player in this race for a playoff spot. Um, what team is, yeah. is opening eyes to where, you know, people are excited about a new contender here? Yeah, so I watched that LSU-Texas game, and way back last year, Texas Texas's quarterback Sam Ellinger said, that Texas was back, and I said all offseason, I said there is going to be a bullseye that is so big on Texas' chest that they're not going to be able to survive it. That team isn't good enough yet. And to stay Texas's back is to, you know, put the Vince Youngs and uh, Colt McCoys, bring those goals back up, and I'm not ready to bring those goals back up. Well, they also claim that they're DBU, and, well, LSU came in and showed that you had a problem with that, right? <laughs> yeah, they had a problem with that. It was like, F y'all talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I think of DBU, I think of guys like Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. I think of Morris Claiborne, even though he wasn't great in the NFL. He was really good in college. And right now, and even Greedy Williams coming out, um, this this year, uh, Grant Delpit there now, even Jamal Adams. I mean, there are some really good DBs coming out of LSU, and it seems like every year they have some really good guys. Well, they got four there now, so be re- be ready for those guys. Uh, but the player, it's not necessarily the defensive side. We always know the LSU plays great defense, but the offense. I was shocked, utterly shocked that 400 yards of offense came from an LSU quarterback. Albeit he was a transfer from Ohio State and Joe Burrows, but Joe Burrows sliced and diced. He looked like the second coming of my guy, Tom Brady. And I'm sitting here like, what in the world? He's not throwing dink and dunk passes. He's throwing 20, 30 yards downfield. I mean, this You know, Fred, I always got to find a way, no matter what yeah. we're talking about, to bring up Brady and Belichick. Yeah. He's LSU. Always got the second coming of uh, Marcus Russell is back. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. I hope not because if it is, who we? No, um, Joe Burrows. He look. He looks like he could be a very capable player. Uh, I want to see more, but I could see him being a day. uh, I'm sorry, a um, top 100 type of player. He has the arm strength. He can make all the throws. I think he had to get used to the offense. And now that they have receivers, I mean, they have two top five uh, receivers out of their recruiting classes. So they're going to be very tough to stop. Uh, look, I look forward to seeing LSU. I mean, this is just think five, ten years ago, this was what Les Miles had with those great defenses. This team could be a title contender. I mean, but no, nah, he'd rather eat grass and run with a fullback. So, hey. All right, we'll see. All right, so for everybody out there who are in our college pick'em group uh, trying to beat Fred, (laughs) we're going to do a few. Well, Fred's not going to give you his picks. He's just going to give you a little bit of 
knowledge on the game. So you're going to drop a few gems. So if you read in between the lines and you listen and you pay attention, you might, you know, you might catch who you should be uh, placing as the winner in your college pick'em this week. So we're going to do three games. Let's start with Stanford versus UCF. A game that I will hopefully be in attendance for if there's not another tropical storm coming through. Uh, but, yeah, I expect to be in attendance for this one. I was actually really amped up for this one because Stanford has one of the top left tackles in the country who should should be a top 15 pick or so in Walker Little. But he's out for the season now with injuries. So, And then you have K.J. Costello, who was also considered to be a, at least a top 100 pick. Uh, if he had a decent season, he's coming back from multiple concussions in one game. So that's, I mean, this Man. wins a lot of, yeah, those, those are two things you definitely don't want. Two or three times in one game? That that sounds like 1974. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was, this was, he took a really nasty shot uh, against Northwestern in week one and uh, he was out against USC, but it just you, – you know how we are. We have to go back in the game. You know, you oh, have man, to go I'll back. Like, Tell the truth. So, yeah, I'm the truth. Yeah, for real. Tell so, the truth. With this? Tell the truth. <laughs> Wait, you Tell the this, truth. Is, uh, this is Stanford. This is a Stanford guy? Yeah, yeah. He's not going to the NFL. He ain't wasting that brain. He he he, hey. he retiring too. Hey, he retiring too. Okay, I got you. No Andrew Luck, I got you. Got you. I got you. Uh, but UCF, uh, they have a lot of talent, uh, skill positions. Quarterback has been their 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 weak spot, and that's only because of injuries. Uh, whether it was Mackenzie Milton and the leg injury last year that was really gruesome. Um, Mac and quarterback as well. He. Uh, he dislocated his ankle in, in the off season, and so Brandon Winbush, the, the Notre Dame transfer, is, is at the helm now. Uh, I haven't really been all that impressed with those guys, but with UCF, so I'm interested to see if the comparison of styles, it's the the modern age spread offense versus the power run game, multiple tight ends, and power running backs against a smaller school. So we're gonna, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how this. This matchup goes. I'm not really sure, sure where I'm going to let my pick go yet. Uh, I haven't actually. I, I left that one blank. Maybe up until game time. All right. Well, let's talk about Bama Roll Tide versus South Carolina. Well, there's an interesting story in all of this one. I understand. It, it, I know South Carolina's at home, but uh, Alabama has had an issue with their fans leaving games early. And so they're actually putting an app. They have an app for fans, uh, for their students to get tickets. Believe it or not, student tickets are only about 10 bucks, but must be nice, especially when your tickets run about $200 a ticket. So, but the thing is their students are leaving early, so they put a tracker into their, uh, into their the app that they use, and it accrues points for as long as you're at the game, as long as your location services are on. So they're tracking fans, making sure they're not leaving. And if you leave early, you will not get tickets to any game or SEC title or playoff game as far as the uh, students are concerned. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, Nick Saban, he tripping. Nick Saban, it's like, dude, 
You're up 62 to 10. I got other things to do. Score with it. Like, these dudes ain't got homework to do. Like, yeah, you are 100 points. Like, why do I need to sit in here until the game is over? Yo, that's crazy. I guess they're like, look, we're on television every week. We can't have empty seats. I don't care how, you know, what point of the game it is. We can't show empty seats. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And, of course, again, if you if you look at it from differing perspectives, one could come up with one perspective like we just kind of did and say, okay, he they, they don't really care about the student part. You know, and they want to call their football players student athletes, but you have actual students in here who are like, exactly. okay, this is a blowout. Let me go spend my time elsewhere. Whether they're really going to, you know, do something productive or not, you still have to have it, you know, it has to be a, a part of their thinking. Let these people go and do what they have to do. That's kind of yeah. weird to me. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, for this game in particular, it is in um, – it's at South Carolina. But South Carolina, their quarterback, Jake Bentley, he's out for the season. So, this is going to be a rough one for South Carolina. That's whooping. Uh, two, yeah. Pretty South much. Carolina so, fans going to leave you. early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know how I am with these picks. Whenever there's an Alabama siding, that's your one free token. Take it with a just take it, take it. That you're already one for you're one for ten already. So um, go ahead and get that one. Alabama's going to destroy this team. So destroy South Carolina. Will Muschamp might be on on the hot seat in a couple of years if he doesn't actually do anything with these with this talent he has. I mean, you've had Debo Samuel and. Likes of Jadavian, or I'm sorry, um, Justice Cunningham and others. So I mean, it's you got to do something with the talent. So um, yo, I'm sick of Alabama. I'm sick of Alabama, man. Why? For what? Why? You're about to get you're about to get a really good quarterback out of it. Yeah, ooh, Tia Tapa Tupelo (laughs) Tupelo. Yeah, yeah, that Tua guy, yeah. yeah. Who can make every who can make every single throw and as long yeah, as he stays healthy. No, no, listen, he's nice. He not there's no denying that he is not I'm tired of Alabama. I'm Wait. tired of Alabama as a state. I'm tired of Jeff Sessions. I'm tired of old damn tired, man. I'm tired. <laughs> as a state now. Mm, 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 mm. Crew and a record label. All right, so um, <laughs> last but not least, we got uh, Florida State versus Virginia. Florida State has had – they lost to Boise State. I called that one. Um, I had a little bit of inside knowledge about this one, that they had a – Boise State had a four-star quarterback as a freshman that was the best recruit as far as quarterbacks are concerned, better than Kellen Moore. And we know how good Kellen Moore was. And I got a good feeling if this cat – does what he needs. Hank Bachmeyer does what he needs to do. That doesn't even sound like a quarterback, but it is. Um, he does everything he needs to do over the next four years. He's going to break every single record telling more uh, set there at Boise State. I can't promise any championships, Big Blue, but uh, hey. Uh, but Florida State lost to Boise State, and then they turned around and almost lost to it. If it hadn't been for that pesky kicker, why do we leave games to kick? Yeah. How did they almost lose to Duke? Yo, Duke can't beat Duke on a football field. 
Hey, I mean, but when you ULM, man, I mean, it, I don't know what it is about Florida State. No, actually, I do know what it is. They're, they take their foot off the gas. And I've never understood coaches that, oh, we're up 35-17 and we're going to take our foot off the gas and be nice to these little schools because we pay them to come take our Shout out to Andy. Shout out to Fat Andy Reid. Shout out to mm. Andy. Bang. Bang, bang. Um, but Cam Akers is going to be a running back you're going to want to watch. Uh, he he played quarterback in high school by, out of necessity, but he was the number one running back out of high school uh, three years ago. He's now going to be – he's probably a top five running back right now. Uh, the only thing I, I need to see more from him is once he gets out in the open field, I need to see some breakaway speed. He does not finish runs a lot of times, but I can understand you're taking a ton of hits. The defense isn't that great. On the other end, Virginia, Bryce Hall at corner is probably my number one corner going into this year. I see a little bit of Darrell Revis in him. If you haven't seen, please go watch. Very technically sound. Bit of a ball Uh, hawk. You know how I feel about corners. It's all technique. You can have all the athleticism you want, but if you're tech, you can be Trey Waynes all you want, but if you have no technique, it doesn't matter. Shots fired. Um, but <laughs> Bryce Hall. Yo, Trey Wayne was some athletic dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he was athletic as hell, but he could he couldn't cover. Yo, still can't cover. He came to the combine and ran a four flat and put up two twenty five <laughs> a million pounds of Cambridge and every quarterback in the world, including guys that wouldn't even be on a roster, was looking. Yeah, yeah, we going after him. How was he so trapped? Leave it alone. Hey man, when your feet aren't good, and when you, when you don't have what we call sweet feet, it don't matter. It don't matter. But um, Bryce Hall, don't look his way. He'll pick you off. He can also play a little bit of deep safety if you need him to. Uh, Florida State, they have a receiver by the name of Tamari and Terry uh, out of Armwood, Florida. Uh, I'm sorry, Sefner, Florida. He is the a carbon copy of of Josh Gordon without the weed and the alcohol. He will beat you deep. He can catch a screen and take it 80, whatever you need him to do. do it. I can't wait until he gets to an NFL near me. Uh, I don't care what team he's on. He's going to be a, he's going to be solid. Um, and Asante Samuel Jr. Yes, I said Asante Samuel Jr. on the defensive side at corner. Uh, pretty good cat. Pretty good. Reminds yeah, he's, a lot tough. Of he's tough. He is tough. So, I still blame his pops for for uh, um, not completing the nineteen and zero. You can, if you're the best corner in football, a football should never hit you in the face and you drop it. Nonetheless, um, this is going to be a very good game, and this is actually a bit of a throwback rivalry uh, from the nineties. Virginia and Florida State always used to go at it. So um, this one, Virginia wins this one. They had to take full control of the coastal and pretty much put Florida State's hopes of a any kind of a title run. In the ACC to bed. Very interesting game. All right, and there you have it, Fred. Let everybody know where they can catch you this weekend on social media, so they can talk trash to you <laughs> about college football. Right now, you can talk all the trash you want to me about college football, but on Sundays, I'm undefeated. Um, I leave that alone. Um, but uh, catch me on <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like seven. Seven Patriot references, and we let you live. Josh Gordon, 
I'm ready. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see y'all in the Super Bowl. Until actually, we'll see y'all later on in the season. I got y'all. I got some for y'all later. But now nah, you can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFB, um, talking a lot of college football. If I'm not at at a college football stadium near you, I will definitely be checking out all the games and kind of giving my thoughts throughout the day. All right, and for all you college football fans, you can also catch Fred on Quick Slants. That is at the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Just go to warroomsports.com, click on the podcast network, and on the right side menu, just click on Quick Slants. And if you're an NFL fan, you can catch Fred on Cover 2 by taking the same path. Just when you get to the menu, just click Cover 2. You can hear all the archive episodes of that. All right, Fred. We will talk to you next week, good brother. All right, y'all. Have a good one. All right. You too. Fred Purdue, college football. Guru. All right, man. So we're going we're gonna to go to the phone lines in just a second. So everybody holds their horse. But we definitely got to, you know, spark this conversation off, man. Antonio Brown, he has had – I mean, we know about the the summer that he had, you know, with the, the – and the helmet and the appeal for the helmet and just all the problems he caused in Raiders training camp this season. Um, It all finally came to a head last week um, after uh, an emotional apology to the team. Um, Some more stuff came out. The Raiders ended up releasing him. He was swooped upon and picked up by you know who, because everybody in the free world who's ever watched an NFL football game called it. Uh, the Patriots came in, scooped him up, gave him a one-year deal that could net him up to $15 million. Um, he was all set to possibly make an appearance for them in week two, which he still may do. But on Tuesday, there was an accusation filed in civil court against him by a former trainer that claimed that he sexually assaulted her twice and raped her once in 2018. So the Antonio Brown saga continues. Um, Did you hear, have you read up on this story, B? I have not read up on it. I have heard the allegations. I am aware. Um, I I have such a disdain for dudes that I didn't want my bias to unduly convict them of something that we don't know <laughs> the details about. Um, I put him right above the man I call Funny Gayweather, a.k.a. Floyd Mayweather. Antonio Brown is, is, is falling to that level with me. Wow. But, uh, All right, well, let me give you some yeah, details. Um, like I said, in tu- Tuesday in the Southern District of Florida, um, in a civil lawsuit filed that day, he was accused of exploitation, sexual assault, and rape. The plaintiff is 28-year-old Brittany Taylor, whom uh, Antonio Brown knows from his Central Michigan days. 
she was a gymnast. Now she's a trainer. Um, the details, supposedly, they were friends back in the day. They lost touch because Antonio Brown tried to make it more than just a friendship. Um, this is her side. This is what she said, you know, because she's supposed to be really steadfast in her religion and all of that kind of stuff. So they lost touch. He said once he became a stealer, he reached out to her when he heard that she opened, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a training business. Now, his account of that was she reached back out to him and asked him for $1.6 million to help her get her business um, off the ground. Now, that accusation flew because, of course, since this was uh, filed in civil court and not, you know, charges weren't pressed against him, uh, his agent and his lawyers are trying to basically paint this as a money grab. Which by some of the details, like, it's hard to rule that out completely, but it's also, you know, looking at some of the things that went down. Um, there were some uh, emails by Antonio Brown that came out that basically copped to some of the stuff she said. It didn't say anything necessarily about a rape, but he he bragged about because like, one of the stories she told, one of the sexual assault stories was about him ejaculating on her back and she didn't know about it. Like they, they were friends. She, she claimed they had like a brother-sister relationship because she's laying around. So apparently this guy gets behind her, jack, you know, jerks off, ejaculates on her back, and she didn't realize it until she felt the <laughs> felt the semen. <clears throat> Why are you laughing, man? Felt it soaked through her clothes. You know, she realized something had happened. Now, if you go look at this email, he kind of bragged about doing that. But, you know, like I said, other than that particular part, which would equate to sexual assault, um, she said that he forcibly raped her in 2018. And, of course, none of his emails or social media messages or anything cop to anything of that nature. Um, this is it's, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, the timing of it is crazy. He he just got out of, you know, his contract with the Raiders, he got picked up by a contender, the contender, and then it just seems like trouble just keeps finding him. Um, <clears throat> you want to take some calls on this real quick? See what the what the people think out there. Uh, I think we're going to have to take some calls on this, but let me say this. There's big T truth and there's little T truth. Now, little T truth is just basically what you believe in your heart to be the truth. Big T truth is facts. Facts. Like what is truly fact, not what these uh, folks have turned into an, an urban colloquialism. Uh, but true fact, like, <clears throat> is actual. Um, there's a possibility that everything being said is true. It's possible that he is guilty of what he is being accused of. It's possible right. that this young lady is trying to capitalize and exploit it. Maybe she doesn't value herself enough to believe that if, if she truly was um a victim that she'll get what she wants or needs out of it in criminal court and she'd rather convert it 
to a money grab, but that doesn't mean that he's innocent and that doesn't mean that she's right. That doesn't mean that she's right for what she's doing in terms of response, but I don't absolve him completely. We just don't know the facts. Right. And 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 some videos have surfaced with them, you know, I guess they were maybe like Instagram videos or something with them looking buddy buddy and um some people describe it as looking like a couple um on social media. But like I said, mm-hmm. she a lot of people actually post that stuff and make judgments without even trying to know all of the facts because People, I mean, she had already described their relationship as like a brother-sister relationship prior to any of those videos coming out. So if somebody mm-hmm. says that and I see these particular videos, I can I can be like, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can see that being the relationship. But people who never took the time to actually read what, you know, the person said anyway, their first look is, well, look how close they look on the on the video, she's lying, this and that. As if, um, as I, said, I don't know if she's lying. I don't know if she's telling the truth. But what people are using against her, it's really, you know, it's really uncircumstantial because you can't, you can't make a judgment from the stuff that people choose to make judgments from. And right. it seems like she's already covered herself for that anyway. For like, if anybody has any evidence of them being buddy buddy like she has already explained that she had what she thought was a brother sister relationship with him until the sexual assault started now the only thing on her back but the only thing you know what i'm saying that i think you can question not i guess not the only thing but the only thing you can question even without full detail or even even if you take into account what she's already explained it's kind of like okay if he's sexually assaulted you before then how are you around him another two times for it to happen again yo yo Sev I I learned a lot about the psychology the pathology and the trauma that goes into being a victim of sexual assault and rape and I don't even ask those type of questions no more, man. I don't even right. ask because when you start to really explore in your personal, your personal life and sphere, and you have women tell you, "Oh yeah, this you know this happened to me," or "This is my reality." It's like I'm so naive as to the fact that it actually happens, and b how they respond and cope to it. It's like. We know we're already going to run into the group of people, and it isn't just men, but the group of people that are going to say, well, she's lying because she didn't do this, this, and this in terms of what my steps are for how you should respond to being victimized in that matter. So she didn't go to the cops, and she didn't do a rape kit, she didn't do so, she's lying, right? When in truth, like, there's so many rapes that even go unreported or rapes that occur in marriages. Whoa. Yeah, peep that. So I don't even judge or gauge, like, a situation based on a surface perspective of a woman or man's response to being sexually assaulted. It's like it's, it, you, 
just because she went the way she went with it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Mean that it didn't. And, and I'm not blaming him or saying he did it. I don't know. But we can't discount her, her accusation because she chose not to pursue criminal action or crim- against him. So. Definitely, definitely. All right, so we got uh, Tobias waiting on the line, calling from Arizona. Tobias, what's going on, man? Roll damn Roll tide. tide. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One, that light-skinned dude, Fred, I know he be talking about. We heard the same thing about LSU offense with Zach Mettenberg was slinging the ball around Odell and Jarvis Landry, and they got their asses woe out of Alabama, and they'll get their asses woe out again this year in November. Uh, we, we heard we heard this song over and over again. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. One other thing also. If I get on A.B., let the elephant in the room. Hey, with a, dra- with a draft full of quarterbacks, it's time for us to look at one. Because Jameis made Jimmy G look good this past week. And I was right about Jimmy G, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's like the one thing about football that goes unstated. I don't know if y'all watched the game last week. I know it's pretty brutal. Your kids can't watch skills that ugly. Uh, the Buccaneers had two touchdown passes called from holding penalty. He had one cornerback with three three uh, holding or pass interference penalties from one cornerback. Your supposed stud tight end dropped the easy pass with an interception. And, uh, and your left tackle is a turnstile, but you gave him $15 million a year. And, uh, and then you got a quarterback throwing lost uh, screen passes with not open. So the thing is, it's a, a lack of attention and detail on this team. And, uh, like, I use the Eagles as an example. One of those t- interceptions James threw, Bruce Arian said the running back ran the wrong route. On the good teams, how often do you see these good teams have people run bad routes all the time or all those miscues? That's a problem. And, 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 I, and I think it's time for a fresh start because, hey, the fans turned on him, the media making him the butt of jokes, and this dude don't have no pride to come out today after being the butt of jokes and every fan now they turn on him. He's really done. I mean, he ain't got no heart. Uh, I, I turned, you know, I turned, I turned on him two uh, two seasons ago, Tobias. And ever since <laughs> yeah. uh, the chick Dre, ever since the chick, ever ever yep. since Dre and Michelle said no to her cookies, he ain't been the same, man. He ain't been the same. Yeah. And, and, and see, the, and the thing is, what I was looking at, and I was like, man, those picks are bad. I think the fumbles are worse. But it's ironic that he and Cam Newton threw the exact same amount of interceptions in the past three or four years. <laughs> but, but well, no, it's like I, it I be hard. we get to see them go head head to head. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and, and you know, and, and I think that that the attention to detail thing is an organizational thing. You got a GM that haven't had a winning record. Like it was one nine and seven season, James rookie second year. But other seasons, they've been having top five picks, and he's got a contract extension. Even though he probably got five first-round drops of a quarterback come out, they'll probably pick a damn safety. <laughs> know how they are. But uh, but y'all talking about A.B., right? Yeah. Uh, like, like, like my lady, we were having lunch yesterday, and I don't know why she asked me to lunch. I'm paying for it, but, hey, you know. But uh, but before I say that, I want to say F.B. Austin talking smack about Alabama roll time football. They think I forgot either. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, but the thing is with A.B., like my lady, she brought up something. She was like, if all she wanted was 75000 why did he settle? 
She was like, does he even have money? <laughs> got 75000 Dudes would have made that go away real quick. And it's just my opinion on that. My other opinion is, dude, what, what kind of freakazoid this guy was getting off during the word? Praise and worship session, he getting off. Like, what kind of freakazoid this guy? Uh, <laughs> but the problem is, in our, seriously, in our society, it's a, a belief all women's society or you believe that she's lying society. It's never a wait till the facts come out. And mm. I believe it's I'm the type of person I don't pass judgment until the facts come out. But I'm also the type of person that like you shouldn't be suspending people anyway until they're proven in the court of law they did it. Because cause like you put him on a uh, exempt list, he's still suspended technically. Meaning right, if he had exempt to this country he can't hit it. That's what yeah, could ahead, happen sorry. to him. No, I'm saying that's what could happen to him. Roger Goodell could decide to put him on the commissioner's exempt list, which is still paid so, leave, but, you know, like you said, it's, it's yeah. just as good as a suspension and, because and what if he's people, innocent? they want to play. <laughs> yes, and what if he's innocent because every other job out there, people still go to work. Heck, you got cops that kill black kids in the street on arm. They still going to work, uh, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so... One, the commissioner should not be in this, the whole punishment thing. But I blame that on the players because they rather they, ra- they rather smoke weed and have less practices than worrying about stuff like this and mess up their money. But I have, but I can't say if he he was wrong or not because when it comes to consent, it's about what that party feels, male or female. Where if she believes he he did anything without consent, they have to prove it. Right. I, it's like it depends on the person. Also, my lady was like, "That would happen to her. She would have, she would have like pressed charges, worried about him going to jail, damn the settlement." But everybody's different, so I can't, I don't know. But all I can speak on the football aspect is that he should still play. But also at the same time, I mean, y'all talk about the Raiders. Also, thing is, can we stop having these woke conspiracies? Also, guys, every time a black person gets on it's on woke conspiracy thing. He did not plan his exit to the Patriots. He was just an asshole, for lack of a better word. <laughs> That's all it was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that either. I just think, especially when they showed the the video of him supposedly finding out and he's saying they freed me. I think that's, I think that whole thing was an act just to save face because nobody's happy when you just lose thirty million dollars. I mean, you got maybe twenty two million of it back, but nobody's gonna run around their backyard screaming they freed me. When you just lost thirty million dollars, so I, I think it was just happy. right. I just think it was a, a, a moment to to save face. I don't think there was any conspiracy to get to the Patriots. Um, I mean, but just like every fan out there knew, I guess he did probably know that if anything did happen as him getting released, there could be a possibility because the Patriots always try to swoop in and. Because they feel, you know, yeah. we can control the people that he you ain't... can't control because of the Patriot way. So, you know, you know, you know the one thing also is, I don't think he's going to see that second year. Because I watched that press conference. Belichick was hot, was like madder than a hornet, man. He was hotter than a hornet. He kept having yeah. to ask, answer those questions about him. The dude ain't been there a week. And you know yeah. he ain't I mean, be Belichick there next doesn't year. like to answer questions about football. So I know this is you know what? even. He don't feel like talking about his kids, so yeah, you know. But uh, but you know, and, and see, and see, the thing is, I don't care what nobody say. 
You're just talking about not playing for the Raiders as a contender. Dude, you got $30 million guaranteed. That is money you're never going to get back. And because the Patriots aren't giving that second year. And, and you know Drew Rosenhaus is probably P.O. right now. Because I think that was a $900,000 check that was coming his way. And that Tony Brown blew by acting a fool. Because all he had to do was just play that first game and been cool. Then he had to fool in because you got your money. <laughs> you know? But but can I say all this right. before I run? I know you got other people. Can I say this before I run? Before I go? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Odell, in a couple of weeks, wear that watch around your boy Tlaib. You be seeing Tlaib in a couple of weeks. And you know Tlaib's snatching that watch. Ask Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. All right, man. Peace out, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we're going to go to Tony out in San Diego. He wants to talk a little A-B as well. Uh, Tony, welcome to the war room. Tony, you there? Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony. I know he's been waiting for a minute, so we'll we'll get back to him. Tony uh, don't get the tenderoni. <laughs> we'll try him again in a few few minutes. Yeah, I mean, but no, you know, good points are, are brought up by all. Like it's it's very difficult. You know, the burden of proof. In, in situations like this, when there was only two people there, um, the burden of proof is very difficult because once you go to trial, whether it's civil or criminal, since no one was there to prove this, they're just going to go at the opposite party's background. So if there's anything in your background, anything whatsoever that makes it look like you know she's greedy or she's all about money, they're going to play that up. To the point where, you know, it, it's pretty much easy these days to get into the minds of the masses, get into the minds of jurors, even though you give them instructions on what to think about and, you know, what they need to pay attention to. You know, a, a lot of lawyers get paid the big bucks because they know exactly how to manipulate a jury and make them think what they want to think. So, yeah, if it if it does go to that. You know, they're going to try to destroy her credibility, um, which when there's no no proof on either side, that's really all you have left to do. Um, but in my 50 voice, yeah, whatever they said he did, he did that. <laughs> oh, no. We'll see. Let's, <laughs> let's check the phone line again, see if we got Tony back from San Diego. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm Tony, sorry, can you hear me? Guys. Okay, no problem. Yeah, we can't see you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I know you wanted to talk about this Antonio Brown thing. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, bear with me. I'm going to close my office door here so I can get into it. Um, so, question, like, one thing I don't I don't like is I understand the, the idea about the, the psyche of a woman, and, you know, I, I can't imagine what they go through. But I do have four daughters and, uh, and a wife, and, and I've studied psychology as well. I, I just find it all too com- uh, coincidental that this woman is is uh, had, they had three separate encounters. Um, I mean, I, come on now. At what point in time do you just call bullshit? You know, I mean, I, if if that would have happened to to, uh, I mean, the women that are technically that that do get raped, typically what they do is they that's you know they start talking. You know, they'll report they'll call the police, they'll report it to somebody. Something like that. I mean, I mean, the women that next having this woman just typically what they do is they. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. So, 
I don't feel girl. like it's, it's something that's legitimate. I think she's just looking. She's money hungry and she's looking for uh, for money. No, I don't know. I don't. So you got to turn. Are you? If you're listening, you guys are actually turning it down. We can hear you. You guys hear me? I don't know why. Barely, we can hear like that video. She's really trying to take advantage of the situation. All right, so we can't hear you, but <laughs> man, I, I really wanted to get in that, but I, I I couldn't hear anything Tony was saying. Sound like you need to turn the radio or computer you call down. The you turn, your, turn your speakers down. Uh, no, back I mean, in. so he brought up the same point that I brought up, but but like I said, at the same time, like it is difficult to get into the psyche of individual people. Like we know what we think we're supposed to do or what women are supposed to do or, you know, in, in certain situations like that. But I mean, we've seen things time and time again, you know, not even with just sexual assault with domestic violence and things like that. Somebody gets hit and, and people say, well, I would have just left. Well, you know, everybody who's not in the situation, you know, make it sound easier than it probably Yo. is, especially if she oh. thinks she has a friend that, you know, that's so close that, okay, he did something silly, maybe I can forgive him. Okay, boom, he does something silly again, maybe I can forgive him. Third time, all right, you just straight up rape me this time, um, if this is all the truth. And maybe that's the part that's that's not forgivable. I I get it, and I'm I'm with you. We've had conversations with regards to, to bullying. Like, bullying exists. But right. neither one of us not wrap our minds around how it's possible to get bullied. Because if you try and bully me, I just punch you in the face. And I invite you to come back because I enjoyed punching you in the face. Like, that was right. fun. So let's go. Like, that's a joy. Right. So I don't understand what book, but I've had to step outside of my own experiences and perspectives and, and, and garner some empathy to understand how other people and and in this case, it's it's almost like reverse empathy because exactly what I would do, I can't assign that to another person's behavioral response to trauma. And be, it's like I can't I can't possibly know what a woman would or or a man because I don't I don't like making rape just about you know just about women because plenty of dudes that get their cheeks bust up in the big house. So I can't make it just about women. I mean, I can't understand the response to that. So I don't want to automatically assume that because she didn't do what I think would be the reasonable thing or reasonable response, I can't understand the trauma. So I can't. I don't think it's fair to take the position of, this is, you know, she's suspect because of this or that. Now, granted, the money grab, I, I'm always, I always look at people's character suspect when they're dealing with athletes, but that has nothing to do with just rape in itself. I think every everybody coming at an athlete is coming at them, or a celebrity for that matter, coming at them for the hustle. I well, listen, listen Dave, before you even go on that point, I was reminded, you know, by Neil and, and Skyview in the chat room, like her lawsuit, she's only looking for seventy five thousand dollars. 
I mean, we, we say only, I mean, $75,000 to a lot of people is a lot of money, but when dude is worth millions, you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you, you know, you have a civil lawsuit. So that's one thing for the people who are saying like, oh, this is just, you know, just a money, a money grab. grab. Somebody who's an entrepreneur herself, I'm pretty sure she understands, you know, the, the value or lack thereof of $75,000. So that kind of makes me think even deeper, like, what are her real motives? Is it just maybe not to put him in jail, but to embarrass him? You know, maybe she got tired of his hairstyle, man. <laughs> the, the blonde mustache down there, she just wanted him to lose his job, so he's not on TV all the time. I don't know. But that is an interesting twist to this plot that – as much as people are out there taking sides, as you know, the general public likes to do, um, the ones who are taking a B side are basically calling our gold digger money grab, this and that, but that's just not a lot of money. Most of the time when you sue for a figure, you come in somewhere well beneath that. So if she really wanted 75 K, she could have sued him for like 300 K and maybe came out with something like that. So it, it's definitely a weird figure, especially she when the narrative is starting to form that she's a, a gold digger. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We got the homie Nas calling in from Georgia. Nas, hey, man. <laughs> Bro, look, look, man. What's up with you, man, AB, man? Well, before we do that, I tried to get the SEC to shut y'all down years ago for something Jimmy said. Now we had the man say the big cheeks and the big house. Sir, you cannot do that. <laughs> 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 you Official term uh, for for that being super bus. So I just I apologize. <laughs> the funny you thing is, I laughing like a crazy person. I, I didn't realize he said it because they, you know, some dudes just go hard like that so much. I'm tuning them out, man. What do you think yeah, about I, this AB situation, man? <laughs> AB has had a hell of a week. <laughs> Right, right. That, that's the other funny part about this. Like, we got we got such bad sports reporting that they spent all summer covering these silly things that we turned into this soap opera style of reporting. And then something real comes out, and it's like, damn, now we're equating all that silly stuff next to something that's, like, right. kind of huge, whether you agree or disagree, now, or whether you think it's true or untrue. You know what I'm saying? Now, and now, I'm already biased. <laughs> I'm already biased. I already hate dude because he a noodle. So now it's hard for me to even look at him being. Yeah, I don't like yo. He's a he's an ignoramus, completely. Yeah. Right, and, and that and that makes it hard to even look at the story or give him any type of you know objectivity. Overall, we got to say this: he's wrong. No matter how this turns out, he's wrong in this in this action. He took a relationship that should have been strictly business and allowed it to cross into other boundaries. Now, however you want to say that it went, because we don't know. We're just going by their words. 
however it went, no matter what, that's the disaster. Once you cross that line, you've made that mistake, and you damn sure ain't going to recover by firing that person or not keeping their services on. Like, things can go really bad, which is why you don't mix those type of business relationships. So, that, that's, right. you know, that's thing number one. Thing number two, it's like, look, I'm not qualified to adjudicate sexual assault, rape, or any other thing, and neither is Roger Goodell. So when I hear that, well, she's going to meet with the NFL, like, did nobody vote for y'all? Like, like, like for y'all what? not qualified yeah. to handle stuff like this. Like, stop stepping into things y'all not capable of doing. I don't care what the NFL thinks. I want to know what, what, what judges, juries, lawyers. I want to know what people who are qualified to handle this thing. I don't want to. I don't care what Roger thinks or how many games Roger thinks this works. How dare you question the great white man and the great white man system and the great white man adjudicator on the plantation? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Roger just like the NFL always just wants to look like they care, look like they have a moral compass. When the truth is, if this story never became public. Even if they knew about it, they it would be nothing. Like they wouldn't be thinking about putting anybody on any exempt list. He wouldn't be in danger of being suspended. Half the stuff that we get wind of months later, the NFL had already known about, like Ray Rice situation, and all that kind of stuff. But once it becomes public or there's some kind of video, then you know they they need to appear as if they have a moral compass. But come on, man, we. Like you said, they, they're not qualified to do that, so I don't even understand why they're still trying to act and, and put on that facade as if they really care. Just let it play yeah, out. Yeah, the, 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 the Jonathan Martin bullying committee is going to be meeting sometime this week. Anytime they're going to play the first meeting. And then they're going to play them Chris Carter commercials again. Like, man, y'all chill out. Y'all, y'all mm-hmm. not ready for all this. Leave it alone. And like y'all said earlier, we're going to wait for more information on this and see how it plays out. But no matter what, yeah, this dude's career is going to be damaged, but we always got to remember an accusation is not evidence, so we do have to wait. But if you're hiring this dude, I mean, hell, this is a problem, especially when you're the owner and you already don't want people thinking about sexual assault or sexual violations or anything when you had your little drama this summer. So this this is going to be weird, the idea that he's still practicing. That sounds real Belichickian and can we get rid of this uh, this Patriots myth of the high-character locker room guys, and that's why they win? No, they win because Bill's really good and a, a football genius, and because on the margins they take all kinds of risks. Why? Because that's where the profit is. So they get somebody right. who's been in trouble or on their last leg but talented, and they also figured out that the rest of the NFL believes in stereotypes, so they right. found the ultimate outlier in white wide receivers. When nobody else valued them, they got them for dimes on the dollar, and you know they stretched that. They, they stretched other people's racism into their benefit, which is a beautiful thing. I, I hear that I, one. I hear, I hear all that, but I think he's guilty because Bull had a mustache with no beard and the little handlebars coming down. And in the movie, that dude was always guilty, <laughs> always. Yeah. And then he died in blonde. Then he died in blonde, like, yo, what and called doing, himself, man? and called himself Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> After the died, Nino though, Brown a, plateau, might have been plateau. a chemical reaction. Yeah, he did way too much, man. But man, beyond that, dude, we'll see how this plays out. 
But the NFL this week, I guess we're seeing they're getting exactly what they wanted. Defensive players don't know what the hell they can and cannot do. Coverages are being blown everywhere. We're seeing bombs all over the league, like 50 yards or 60 yards. The poor Giants DB still don't know who they were supposed to cover in that damn Dallas game, making Dak Prescott look like he's some kind of all-pro hall of like, you this got, is some you really every quarterback out here throwing for 350 and four touchdowns. It's, it's a shame <laughs> to try to be this a defensive really player football, in the But yeah. people think high scores mean good, so they kind of confused on it. But, you know, I ain't really got nothing else, man. I just wanted to say a little something about the AB and, you know, your boy. Right, well, let, let, me, thing, man. let us ask you one thing before you, before you go, man. Team USA. First, they were eliminated from medal contention by France, and then the very next day, they take an L to Serbia and they, you know, in the consolation game. So they can't finish – any more than seventh place in the World Cup right now. What kind of panic do y'all see coming from, you know, USA basketball? And <laughs> Man, all of the panic is from the administrators, coaches, and everybody up top because they want to present this as if it's a real thing. All this is based on after 9-11 and all the patriotism surge where people were kind of bullied into participating in this stuff they really don't want to do and right. do all the Hulk Hogan Americana stuff, man, they don't really want to do this, and we all know it. So, yes, they're going to lose. Keep putting your second-tier all-star teams together, go over there and lose. I don't care. I laugh when I see teams go over there and get beat by lesser people. When you get dominated by Wax Frank, whatever his name is, from New York, and, or we see the Carlos, Carlos Arreo uh, tournament from a few years back, I laugh at that, man. I laugh at upset. I wonder if Dev is going to keep it real because he's been rooting against the USA for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, happy after 9-11, you would have gotten in trouble for that. After 9-11, boy, everybody had to be in lockstep. Boy, you was unpatriotic. Now everybody's getting to be a little more free. So people, man, we're not really tripping on this, man. Like, I, just, I just never liked I, I just never liked that whole American attitude where they just, you know, thought all we had to do was show up. So, yeah, I I, 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 I take a little solace in, you know, seeing them take that L. I mean, in this case, it's it's not really those guys' fault because, probably, man, I don't even know if anybody on that team was really supposed to be on that team. And Colangelo, he's out here um, sending out threats, but not really sending out threats. He's like, and this is a quote. He said, I can only say you can't help but notice and remember who you thought were, were going to war with you and didn't show up. I'm a firm believer that you deal the cards yourself. All we could have done, we did, and is get commitments from a lot of players. So with the kind of hand you reasonably confident that you're going to be able to put a very good representative team on the court, no one have anticipated the pullouts that we had. Um, so he's trying to make everybody feel guilty. Um Right. That's what I'm saying. The, the panic after this loss. Shell game. Right. <laughs> the panic Coach after K this, especially with the Olympics for, uh, coming up, right. it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I don't care if we lose in that either. Matter of fact, if you yeah. stack the team with the 12 best <laughs> basketball players on the planet and you win and then you go act all excited, that's like you know, when your little right. brother used to play right. Madden or All-Pro. Like, oh, you beat, <laughs> you beat All-Pro. Oh, okay, that's nice. Like, nah, man, I don't care. It is what right. it is. All I know is if you get if you get buckets from one of them dudes, you're gonna get these memes and you're gonna get these jokes. But besides that, man, whatever. 
It's gonna it's gonna work though because I guarantee you they're gonna get some people back for the Olympics. Um, I I personally think everybody you know American basketball players take the Olympics way more seriously than any other international competition. Where some of these people you know this World Cup is even more important to them than the actual Olympics. But it's like the other right, way around. But, here, so, but let's, eh, let's, let's a few guys are probably gonna go. Let's say something else though. If you're doing load management league wide and you have $120 million invested in somebody, are you telling me you really are interested in him in him playing in one of these international competitions? Like, if you're ownership. No, international like competition. Week-week? I don't even want to no, do playing pickup ball at L.A. Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, you got to find another way to, to keep yourself sharp. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, man. So definitely don't want to. I'm just not. Robert, I'm with you. Cats would rather go run with Rico Hines than go overseas and play in, uh, in these <laughs> tournaments. And then the Rico other part is that there, there is no upside. If you win, you're supposed to win. When you lose, you're catching all the L's. You're embarrassed, what, yeah. What is the upside? National embarrassment. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you know, when you used to play a bum in one-on-one or something, some dude that had no game. And if they scored on you, oh, you was catching hell from everybody. Why? Because you let them score. It is what it is. So, ain't no upside. You could get injured. What are we actually playing for? And this, and this, Red, white, this blue, man, go tournament. get David Robinson, man. Ain't nobody living like that no more. I, I take even more joy in this one because it had like four Celtics on it. So, you know, as a Sixers <laughs> fan, they had light mama. Uh, if he, he, if he <laughs> was advertised, then there's no way they should lose with light mambo on the team. <laughs> but, but all right, Ryan, I just wanted to get right, hey, opinion hey, on that. Hey, Brad Stevens is somewhere drawing up an inbound play right now calling himself a right. basketball genius. I, <laughs> I hate the Celtics. And I love to see them fail. It's beautiful. Shout out to y'all. No doubt. All right, man. I'll let you next week. <laughs> yeah. Be awesome. Put me out there in my, my disdain for USA basketball. <laughs> They sent college students, man, or college athletes. Dev ain't rooted for USA basketball since Michael Jordan was on the dream team. <laughs> I, I ain't root for him then either. It was interesting to see, but I just knew then it's no use not rooting for him because ain't nobody going to touch this team. Um, kind of the same in, what was that, 2008? Like, that team wasn't going to. Touch that was like the closest thing to the dream team we'd ever we'd ever seen. Some of these dudes, they you know, they send these teams over there. They're a little bit vulnerable, and and the gap between the U.S. and the rest of the world is not as big as the U.S. would like to think. So I always like to see yeah. them get humbled a little bit, even if it's yeah, they like some dudes I like, like Kimba and all them kind of cats. But it's definitely showing you tears Yo. of stardom. Because we just went through a Donovan, summer where you tried to pay a lot of them dudes max contracts, and you realizing like it's levels to this. <laughs> hey, hang here, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell was my man, and I was hopeful that he could take it over. But I'm gonna tell you the honest truth: when I knew that they wasn't they wasn't ish, yo, Harrison Barnes was on the squad and getting off. I was like, yo, you know, they can't everybody win. Everybody was on the squad because everybody decided not to play. I mean, they were down the, I'm telling you, one more round of pullouts called that, they were probably about to call us. Like, yo, y'all in shape? Y'all, when last time y'all called? 
<laughs> yo, Joe, my man Joe Harris. Yo, my man Joe Harris barely makes rosters. He's on the squad. <laughs> well, that's the three-point king, man. All right, so uh, shout out to those guys for taking that L, though. Um, Colangelo is big mad right now. It's funny to me. All right, so our quote of the week comes from your man with all the game in the world, but he's definitely Mr. Softy, Mr. Sensitive. Um, Kevin Durant talking about OKC as a franchise, an organization, a city, a crew, and a record label. He said, I'll never be attached to that city again. Um because of that, he was talking about. Let me well, let me rewind before I give you the quote. He was thinking about the Thunder jersey retirement night, um, and it might be pushed back a few more years. So he's actually salty about that. But he said, "I'll never be attached to the city again." Wait a minute, I think I got that wrong. That's I'm reading the thread here where he's arguing with OKC on Twitter. Um, so I don't know if that's the actual reason why he was mad, but he said, I'll never be attached to that city again. I eventually wanted to come back to that city and be a part of that community and organization, but I don't trust nobody there. That ish must have been fake, what they was doing. The organization, the GM and I ain't talked, ain't talked to none of those people, even had a nice exchange with those people since I left. So for the past couple of days, there's been people going at him on Twitter because of these comments, and he's actually arguing with people. He's, like, responding to them. Um, one dude said, this man KD trade five. I hope you're ready. One dude was like, this man just doesn't know when to leave it alone. OKC wasn't fake. You decided to leave them. Imagine you left a woman for her best friend and then the biatch because, and then, and then biatch because she still isn't uh, nice to you afterwards. That's you right now. Hashtag grow up. Then Kevin Durant answers him, says, see, that's your problem, my G. You thought we were dating. LOL. That's creepy. Somebody else said, do you think you ever look back at all of this and think I probably could have handled my exit of OKC a little better? KD answers him. Nothing I would have did would have pleased you. Stop. LMAO. Somebody else. This is the last one I'm going to read. Says, you have the ability to shape your career. People will remember you how you want them to. Only thing you have given the fans so far is leaving your home to join another and complaining about the negativity that came with it. KD answers him. That's what you chose to look at because you, sir, are a hater. LOL. Why, why, why is he wasting his time? And why? What's up with KD? Yo, I'm going to go real. I'm going to go deeper than I probably should. Paul. Yo, this the real MVP's fault, and the fact that yo he ain't had no dad in this kid, man. Yeah, yeah, no pop, man. Because yo, he seeks approval and engages with people whose opinions have utterly no bearing, less than no bearing on his life. Like, I, I, yo, like. You may. I'm not saying that you, as a as a star athlete, are not a human being. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, you can't listen to the to the media or the fans every now and again. Yo, family, he is engaged 
on social media to go back and forth with regular human beings that have no bearing on the tens of millions of dollars. I said tens, Jeff. I didn't say millions. I said tens of millions of dollars that he makes from playing basketball. These people have no... Man, Yo, I, I like I like candor. I like candor. I like honesty in in athletes. But this 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 is too much, man. This too much, man. He he he's out of pocket on so many levels, and I blame it on the fact that he ain't had no dad, man. Nah, man. He yo, your father figure. Your dad would not allow you to engage in this behavior if he was a staunch and star. Yo, I will pull, I will pull my son by his ear even at the age of thirty, if he was engaging in, in shenanigans like this, going back and forth. At this point, I'm sure we've all figured out that there are actually people that troll him and know that he's going to respond a certain way. So why not just throw it out there because we're going to get a response because he's a Richard head. He's a sensitive Richard head. Like, he's the he's the underside after a spellacking. Like, he's always, like, sensitive. Like, yo, come on, man. You got a great life, but get ready for a lot more of this as he sits around, as he sits around with a walking boot on, not playing basketball. Get ready for KD on Twitter and Instagram, man. Get ready because this is going to be more of this as he because he can't because he can't hoop. So this is what he's going to do, man. Play play video games and talk on Twitter. He an itch with a B in the front. <laughs> Big internet, chicken off. Yeah, I, I just think KD has to. He just has to leave it alone, man. He. I mean, he's the type, he's going to go on TV and tell you verbally that, you know, he don't care what anybody thinks, he's going to play the tough guy, but it's obvious that he cares what anybody and everybody thinks. Real. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just weird to see him always going through something, you know, with former clubs. I mean, he's had his words about um, Golden State as well, words that have been disputed by everybody else. He seems to never take accountability for his part in any of any of this. We know fans take things too far. Um, you can't expect the fans in OKC to like you or to be happy with you after your exit. But at the same time, of course, you got idiots out there shooting bullets at his jersey and that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of stuff could be scary. But at the same time, you've been in this long enough to know that you can't hold everybody accountable for the actions of a few idiots. You're going to get called names. You're going to get called cupcake. They're going to taunt you. They're going to tease you when you come back to town, but that's just all a part of, you know, things, things they do. Some people will take things and make it way more serious than it has to be. And those are just the people that you steer away from. Um, yeah, but KD, he, he got to chill. Our stat of the week comes from uh, NFL game. Lamar Jackson versus the Dolphins. He completed 17 of 20 passes, 85% completion rate, 324 yards, five touchdown passes, no interception, 
for a perfect passer rating. I believe a perfect passer rating is 158.3. Now, Lamar Jackson, of course, he couldn't wait to have a game like this in the NFL because the first thing he said to a reporter when asked about it, he was like, yeah, you know, kind of good for a running back because, you know, people say he'd be better suited at another position. Great game by the youngster. I hate when I gotta hate when people do this because everybody's an NFL player, everybody's an NFL team, but there has to be something in you where you think like, okay, you, you're showing that you have the potential to do something like this, but it was the Dolphins who seem to be in Sixers mode um, when it comes to their rebuild and their intentional need to not be a good team right now. Um, so I'm not going to knock them just because of that, but I'm still in wait and see mode. Like I'm not going to, you know, be a defender of him and use the same kind of quotes that he used. Like, Oh, pretty good for a running back. We're going to see if you can, we don't even expect you to do that again, but we expect you to play at a higher level, especially if you're going to say things like that right now, it's, it's show improved time. So, um, shout out to the young man. What do you think? You think you'll ever see another game like this from Lamar Jackson? No, not not perfection, but I, I'm I'm in wait and see mode for him because there are so so many detractors. Um, and you know, I'm I'm of the opinion. You know, I make jokes. I crack jokes about black the plight of the black quarterback, and I clown and. Um, one could call me an Uncle Ruckus at times with the statements I make about black quarterbacks. But the one thing that I do acknowledge, we as a people are taught the position differently because of our athleticism at the rudimentary levels. Pop Warner, middle school, high school, these guys aren't taught to distribute and think. They're taught to make plays and run. And so it would be rewarding to see someone like Lamar be able to master the position, master his athleticism, take notes from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who he's probably a better athlete than Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is a hell of an athlete, and people don't even remember Aaron Rodgers ran a 4-5-40. You know, he pulls that out the bag when he needs to. And so I think if Lamar concentrates on being a great passer, four to six years down the road from now, he may be something. Man, he might he might just be something. Watch Aaron Rodgers. Watch the ball uh Russell Wilson. Well not just his moves on on the field, but watch how he went from he went from uncooked chicken to well done steak. Some of y'all get those bars. But yeah, man, so I don't I don't know. I don't know. Oh no, I'm jury's still out for me. That that game certainly doesn't prove that he has any great future in the NFL. He beat up on a Pop Warner team, which is cool. You can only play who's in front of you. You only play who's in front of you. All right. So let's move on. Uh real quick before we get into some other stuff, you can check out our website at worldroomsports.com. Uh while you're there, make sure you take your time and look around. You got any uh, questions you want to ask us about doing business with us, uh, getting a, being a part of the network, writing, um, podcasting, whatever, general inquiry, 
email us, info at warroomsports.com. Make sure you click on the memorabilia tab to buy War Room Sports merchandise. Click the blog tab to read our latest articles in the All's Fair and Sports and War blog. Um, Gus Griffin has a new piece about uh, Antonio Brown on there, just posted today. So make sure you get uh, to warroomsports.com and check that out. Then you can click the respective icons and tabs to follow all of our social media platforms. We're on all of them, including uh, Christian Mingle um, <laughs> and, and anything else you can think of. So uh, if you want to get in on the conversation now, just join the JW Philly Realty chat room um, during the show, blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, the internet chat room. Just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't want to create an account, you can sign into your Facebook and Twitter accounts, but make sure you click follow. That'll get you updates and reminders about the show. All right, but if you want to call in and holler at us, the Digital Extreme Technologies Hotline, that number is 323-410-0012. Press one when prompted. If you already listen from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Um, and, Naj, we see you on the, the switchboard. I don't know if that's from earlier, um, but if you did want to get back in, then hang up and, and call back and then we'll know that it wasn't, you know, you're just not sitting there from earlier and you actually want to call back in. If not, just hang out. We're here. Right, um, Why Y'all on the Grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, you know, basically a snapshot of our Facebook page every day. Well, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture to keep you on the edge of your seat and to keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. So just go to sportsthebook.com and get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But whatever you do, just make sure you don't miss this movement. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer will invest $100 million into the City of Inglewood. As you know, the Clippers' new arena is, is being built in Inglewood. But uh, as a part of his plan to build a new arena in Inglewood, he's going to invest $100 million into the local community. Um, the breakdown of that is there's going to be like $75 to $80 million slated to go towards affordable housing, about $12 million or so to go to youth programs, um, $6 million for improvements to the Inglewood Public Library, um, things of that nature. Uh, the arena is going to be an 18,500-seat arena, um, and it's going to anchor a 22-acre sports and entertainment complex that would include a corporate Clippers headquarters building, team training facility, sports medicine clinic, community courts, parking spaces, educational facilities, restaurants, and shops. Now, this sounds very familiar, but there is an actual plan being laid out. And um, shout out to Etan Thomas, uh, another friend of the show. We haven't had the pleasure of having him on, but we have had the pleasure of, you know, having a nice in-depth conversation with, with this brother at um, a sports and race conference uh, back a few years ago. And he said something that made a lot of sense because it's exactly what I was thinking about when I heard this. I'm, I'm scrolling through to see if I can find what he said. All right. 
this is this is what Etan Thomas said. He said, attention, all NBA and NFL teams, this is how you do it. You don't trick the people into leaving their homes and displacing them by overpopulating the area with overpriced condos they can't afford and prop up a beloved hip-hop icon to convince the people that this new stadium will somehow benefit the entire community and advertise him as though he had a much bigger stake in the team than he actually did. You create initiatives like this to actually help the people in the community you will be benefiting from. Of course, everyone has to follow up to make sure he keeps his word on these affordable housing units, but this is an quote-unquote actionable item. He's taking shots all over the place. To combat gentrification that happens when new arenas are built. Hashtag Inglewood. So, you know, if you're not following closely, a lot of the mentions or lack thereof, the subliminal mentions was about the whole Jay-Z situation with the Nets when they trotted Jay-Z out there as an owner of the team and had him tell the community that this arena was going to be good for the community when in all actuality, a lot of people ultimately got moved out of the area because they could no longer afford to live in the, the units that were, you know, springing up around the arena. Um, Steve Ballmer, at least his words so far, he's taking a whole new direction, a whole different direction where he's appreciating the people of the city that he's basically bringing the team to. And, you know, he's going to help them with affordable housing. He's going to put money into community activities. He's going to put money into the public library and things like that. So what are your thoughts, especially when you juxtapose this against what the Russian billionaire and the the New York and the Brooklyn Nets and along with from Jay-Z, um, what they all did? What are your thoughts on this? Um, difference, in, difference in culture. Um, Steve Ballmer comes from the California technology culture. Um, which does, you know, it, it, it's still rife with its entitled and privileged folks, but there is a little bit more consciousness amongst that crop of technology billionaires than other places and other industries. Um, I don't even fault Sergey, um, and I'm I'm saying that as if that's the name of the guy that, that formerly owned the Brooklyn Nets could have been some something else. I, I apologize if I'm being stereotypical. But Sergey, I don't even fault him because whoever put together the plan to operate the nets, I feel as though he entrusted someone to do the right thing and that person went ahead and did the right thing for the balance sheet, you know, for, for the for the uh profitability of the franchise, but they weren't even in tune with or paying attention to Things such as affordable housing or the disenfranchisement of local indigenous populations, they weren't, they were just like, look, man, Brooklyn itself is changing. Either we're going to ride the wave or we're going to stand against it, which there's no reason for us to stand against it. Let's just get this little uh, chicken-eating grease monkey to stand up and sell for us because he thinks he's wealthy. So we'll go ahead and hire him, and he comes from the old Brooklyn and is a bridge to the new Brooklyn because he understands how to hustle and assimilate, assimilate and hustle. So that was that, you know, and, and, and that was – and we 
have had plenty of conversation about who and what Sean Corey Carter is. He's a hustler, and he's going to always be that. He's going to always hustle. Steve Ballmer is not a hustler. Steve Ballmer is cognizant and conscious of what is going on in the country uh, and the demographics. And I do think that, you know, it was a play that we can salute and we can respect. Does it mean that, you know, Steve Ballmer doesn't have some skeletons in the closet? Probably not. But I salute the fact that he comes from a what appears to be a genuine place in wanting to make sure that the riches and wealth that he has invested in the lake in the in the Clippers, the LA Clippers benefits the community at large as opposed to just a certain segment. It seems genuine, so I appreciate it and salute him for it. Yeah. Um I mean then you always it, you know, I'm not saying this is not what was in his heart in the first place, but you always get to see other people's mistakes. You get to see the backlash from it. And you get to make a better yep. decision in the long run. But whether that was the case or not, hey, you know what I'm saying? You still have to make a decision to do the right thing. And if he does what he's saying he's going to do in this situation, then kudos. <laughs> kudos to him. Um, uh, shout out to Skyview in the, in the chat room. He said, rumors, Kaepernick might get a run with Jacksonville. Um, I will believe it when I see it, but we'll see. Never. <laughs> All right. So, um, in in Philly fan news, Mike Scott forward for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers actually got into a rumble with some Eagles fans at a tailgate prior to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles Washington Professional Football contest. Um, this past Sunday. Now, this is a crazy story. And before we even talk about it, well, let me let me tell the story first. Mike Scott, who is from uh, the DMV area, he's from Virginia. Um, he was all decked out in his Washington professional football team colors. Um, he went on social media, took a photo, and said, "I'm on my way on the Fourth and John." Um, I believe that's like some popular tailgate in the city. So he was on his way down there. I think Mike went down there with the expectations. You know, I'm a I'm a fan favorite for the Philadelphia 76ers, um, you know, because they like his toughness. They think he fits the city. So if I go down here, even though I'm going to be decked out in Washington uh, football gear, it, it might be some – friendly ribbing or whatever and everything's going to be peaceful and whatever. So he gets down there and he notices that some people over there tailgating with a coffin, a big white coffin, real casket with a Sean Taylor jersey draped over it. Now, you know, I always tell people the whole Philly, Philly football fan or the Philly fan persona is way overblown and the reasons that they overblow it is are even sillier than the persona itself. However, stuff like this, like silliness, silliness. So he ends up going over there, you know, as he's walking up, they're cursing to him, F the Redskins, this and that. Um, he goes over there and I think he, you know, tells them, 
how messed up this whole situation is with the coffin and the Sean Taylor jersey. He has on a Sean Taylor jersey himself. Birds are exchanged. Some witnesses say that the N-word was thrown around. A couple of dudes tried to jump him. Um, I saw a video where Mike Scott haymaker one of these dudes to the ground. Big boo-ha-ha, whatever. Now, before anybody says anything, I'm going to put this disclaimer out here before I say what I'm going to say because people are going to be like, oh, you defending these fans because you're from there, blah, blah, blah. Not doing that. And before I even give my, my thoughts, I'll let you know that I am 100% unequivocally on Mike Scott's side in this whole thing. The only thing that I would say, and you know, that PC culture, anything you say that could be taken as advice to the quote-unquote victim, you know, looked, looked upon as victim-blaming, victim-shaming. If you are a fan of the opposite team, and I'm not just saying in Philly. I've been to 75% of NFL stadiums in this country, and I've never been to one and not seen at least two fights break out. You know what I'm saying? At whether, the, whether it's the game, the tailgate, or whatever. So like I said, you know, the media decides to, to emphasize and highlight what they want to, so they make it seem like it's worse in some places. I've seen people at other stadiums that had nothing to do with the Eagles get beaten to a bloody pulp. Um, we've, we've heard about what they do at the games out in California, Dodgers games, Giants games, or people getting beat within an inch of their lives. But in this situation, if I'm, if I'm giving advice to Mike Scott here or anywhere else, if you, run a, if you are wearing opposing teams paraphernalia and you run across some people, forget fans, you run across people who are ignorant enough and, 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 and determined enough to lug a casket down to a damn tailgate, and actually put a dead football player's jersey over it before a sports contest, then maybe those aren't the people that you need to even interact with. Even if, you know what I'm saying, you, I think he was walking around be thinking, you know, I'm a sixer, so, you know, everything is cool. Mike, also what you don't understand is football is king in that town, and not every Eagles fan like basketball. And from what I heard also from eyewitness accounts, they had no clue who this dude was. He was just a big dude in Washington gear coming over there, interrupting their tailgate. Like I said, don't nobody know who my God is. a little bit of trash with some normal looking fans, some dudes who are barbecuing and throwing a football around and drinking a couple of beers. Cool. But why would you, Mike? Why would I? Why would B? Why would anybody feel? That if you run into some people who are dark and ignorant enough to drag a casket to a football game and drape it with the jersey of a dead football player, why do you think anything reasonable will come from interacting with them? That's my only advice or my only question that I would ask to Mike Scott. Don't leave those people alone, man, because those are people who are trying to live up to this bogus, you know, Reputation that they have as fans. Would you would talk to those people? Be like, <laughs> no. It's not. I that wouldn't even have talked to them. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't even have talked to them as an Eagles fan. Like seeing them do that is very distasteful. Right. It, it, um, I actually right. said that earlier. Yeah. Be like, even if I was wearing all Eagles gear, I'm not interacting yeah, with I'm those people. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, the savage, we roll up the FedEx field and we walk past the tailgate where they got a coffin out with Reggie White's jersey on it. Like, I'm going to keep it moving. I got a life to get back to at home. These people are trying too hard. But go ahead, my bad. I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, you good. You you are saying that my absolute point, right? I'm not engaging with any of them, even if they were, if if the situation was we were there, and we're Eagles fans, they're Eagles fans. But not all Eagles fans are created equal. They're obviously from a different cloth. You shouldn't engage. So, Mike, was he wrong? Not really, but you got to be smarter than that. You got to be smarter than that. You also have to realize that you're not really a celebrity. Like, we know you because basketball is our thing. But them Italian and Irishmen in Philly that don't aren't into the Sixers, they don't know yeah. who Mike's got. They don't even know who Tobias Harris is, and Tobias Harris got more money than the Sixers. They don't know, y'all. <laughs> they got more money than the Sixers. Yeah. Was, that, was just, that was just a weird situation, man. He just, well, you know, like I said, that I'm, happen. I'm 100% on his side, but some people you got to know. I mean, I know you 6'8", six, 6'9", six, you probably beat everybody over there. It's just not worth it. And and like I said, I don't even think he knew that it would turn into that because he's probably banking on the fact, oh, I play for the you know the basketball team, dude. Some of these Flyer fans, these Eagles fans, they don't know what a basketball is, so <laughs> they don't recognize you. It's not like you're, you know, Joel Embiid or, or Ben. They might know them guys just because they're on the news every day, even if they're not basketball fans. But Mike, you, you know. Your Yo, fan favorite. That's what he has to get straight in this city. You're a fan favorite, but that's inside the Wells Fargo Center. Wells Fargo that, Center, yeah. Not a lot of people know you <laughs> in the city. Yo, so, the last the last time Mike Scott was on the news, he was facing a felony and a drug count. Like he's not even on the news like that. Like, come on, man. You gotta be smarter than that. Come on, Mike. Oh, man. All right. Um, this is good news. A California State Assembly unanimously passes a bill to allow college athletes to profit from endorsements. Now, we um, we talked about this before, before it went to vote, but uh, the, the vote was a positive one. Like I said, unanimously voted on. So... It's called the Fair Pay Play Act, and it would allow college athletes in California to sign endorsement deals, earn compensation based on the usage of their name, image, and likeness, and sign all types of licensing contracts that would allow them to earn money. Now, all the years, the 10 years, B, that we've been on the air discussing, you know, whether collegiate athletes should be paid and all that kind of stuff and trying to get people to come up with you know, some kind of plan rather than just saying, yeah, they should be paid. 
this was one thing that I had always stuck by, like, because I didn't really see a way for you to just flat out pay for play, but I always felt strongly that these dudes should be able to benefit from their own likeness. Like, don't, don't, don't suspend a dude because he went out and, and got some people to pay for his autograph. You put him on a video game, let him get some residuals from that. People walking around, you know, leaving the, the school bookstore with this person's jersey on, he should get a piece of that, or he or she should get a piece you of come that. Come on. So, right. So I've always been down with, with this. Like, you should be able to uh, profit off your own um, likeness. Now, the thing is, you know, this is a California thing. Um, they said they, back in May, I don't know, when we first talked about it in May, they had voted 31 to 5 in favor of the pastor bill. Um, but it's been amended since then. So, um, you know, it went back for, a, it's going to go back soon for a vote in the Senate where it's also expected to pass. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's been um, picking up steam. Uh, LeBron James has taken it um, and he's been promoting it. Um, I see. I saw a tweet from him. He was saying, "Everyone is California. Call your politicians. Everyone in California, call your politicians. Tell them to support SB 206. This law is a game changer. College athletes can responsibly get paid for what they do and the billions they create." And, you know, LeBron has always been a proponent, being somebody who skipped college altogether. Um, he's uh, Yo. jumped on as board. I, as, I, as we all age. I will admit, I I I gain more appreciation for LeBron, man. I, I really do. I salute him. Uh, I still think a lot of what he does is contrived and he's conscious. Yeah, I'm just saying LeBron knows how and what he has to do to be on the right side of history. So, right, yeah. right. But and he's big enough I to don't do question. It. I don't question his genuineness, though. I, I really believe he believes a lot of what now. That doesn't absolve him of robbing my league of competitive greatness because he's still a I don't want to do the hard way. I need you on my team type of dude, and that's corny. But outside of that, particularly away from the game, he's a pretty thorough cat. Yeah. Pretty thorough cat. No doubt, no doubt. All right, some quick birthday shout-outs before we give our NFL picks for this week. Um, Shout-out. <laughs> Yao Ming turns 39 years old. Yao, just 39? Yao been out of the league so long. You just think Yao old as hell. But, you know, his career Yao was cut short. Yao been retired short. for 20 years? <laughs> uh, yo, this Yao is a blast. Terry DeHair is 48 years old. Terry DeHair was... No, I don't, know how Terry, I don't know how Terry DeHair only 48. Feel like he should be 60. I know. That's... Make me feel kind of old because I thought I was a kid watching Terry the Hair, but I wasn't that much younger than <laughs> yo. Um, shout out to Mad Max. Vernon Maxwell turns 54 years old. Uh, Ricky Rudd is 63 years old, and we like to give a rest in peace shout out to Jesse Owens, who was born September 12th, 1913. He died March 31st, 1980. So we give a Big Wilhelm salutes all of these folks on their birthday and everybody out there who celebrated a birthday this week. 
Um, definitely got to give a birthday shout out to the missus who celebrated um, her uh, 27th birthday <laughs> back on uh, Monday, September Word. night. So happy 27th birthday, baby. All right. So those are your birthday shout outs. My birthday. Yay. And this quick NFL wrap, our picks. Brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom websites, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. You don't need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and for discounted rates. Be sure to tell them that War Room Sports sent you. All right, man. Before we do our picks, man, I got to let you know that the Jets quarterback Sam Darnold will be out indefinitely with mono. Yo, I, stop kissing them girls in I, New York, man. I. All right, excuse my ignorance, because I've heard of mono. I know that mono has, you know, it's like called the kissing disease or whatever it's called whatever his nickname, but what the hell exactly is mono that it can take you away from activities for maybe some weeks? They're thinking he could be out for like four or five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, it's an infection. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, a bacteria that is extremely hard to treat. And while it's in your body, it, um, you lose weight, you lose muscle mass, you're always tired. You're always okay. tired. And that's what just, I was wondering. You, you, People always talk about kissing. So I'm like, all right, well, is it going to be like a sore? Like you got herpes or something? Like, but, uh, but you don't, get you it don't from, sit out five, six weeks because you got herpes. So something must, must be something more to mono. Ron, Ron, Mexico, Ron Mexico was running with herpes. No more. <laughs> This seems like a yeah, real, real question, man. Do black people get mono? Because I ain't never heard somebody like, yo, man, I got mono. <laughs> we just don't admit it, probably. Um, nah, I, I, I think I... I <laughs> yo, what's wrong? <laughs> so when dudes uh, act like they it's... just sleep a lot, they might have mono. <laughs> Sorry, man, I don't feel like... I'm going to just start thinking everybody got mono. The Lawrence Phillips. All right, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on, on Mono. Um, I'm gonna do these picks. I see the homie Rob on the line, man. Rob, you be calling too late, dude. We we're at the end of the show. Um, all right, we're gonna make this real quick. I know you're probably mad at us. Rob, what's going on? Rob calling from Cali. Yo, it's got to be a quick call, thirty seconds, because we got to make our picks and we got to be out. But you got to call earlier, dog, all right? All right, my fault, man. And by the way, man, I never had my note, man, because the yams stay clean all day. That's all I got to say, man. Yo. What's up, man? Hurry up, man. Hurry up, man. Let me go downstairs. But, yeah, man, with the Eagles, I want to ask D. Austin, um, what approach does the defense – no, no, B, I want to be asking B. Austin about a football question and as they have a basketball question. Uh, B. Austin, what does the Eagles need to do 
approach they need to take as far as um, the pass rush and the defensive backs playing better. And two, I want to ask Dave a basketball question. Uh, what type of offense is going to best best suit LeBron uh, and, and AD? No, actually, actually, really suit AD and LeBron. So AD could do his thing, LeBron could do his thing. Is it going to be a pick and roll? Is it will LeBron give his, some of his shares up so AD can go in the post a little bit more because because that stupid freaking coach he had. Stop him playing post and stop him playing the perimeter. You know, right. I don't think the think think of the defensive coach. So I don't think he'll go that far. But yeah, that's my question. Y'all have a blessed day. I'm out. All right, B. All right man. Yeah, word, bro. Good, B. Hurry up. Um, yo, I, I I don't know what we need to do other than gel because there's so such a limitation on starters playing in the preseason. I ex- fully expected to take um four games for our defense to catch up. Defense is always behind offense. Um, our secondary is just not that good, man. So the pass rush is going to have to get home so that our secondary doesn't get exposed. Brother Malcolm is great, but he's getting up in age. Darby is Darby is as Darby does, upper Darby. Uh, he cool, but, yeah, we just we need time to gel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because they yeah, look dude. better in the second half. They didn't get destroyed like that in the second half, but um, if the if the defensive line isn't going to get pressure like they're used to with four people, then Schwartz going to have to think about blitzing more. But as far as the the Lakers LeBron question, first of all, we know LeBron is going to be handling the ball. He's going to be handling um, the point guard duties. Hey, I think a pick and roll offense with LeBron and AD would be unstoppable, but that doesn't seem like what people like to do these days. Um, so I don't really see them in a ton of pick and roll action. Um, usually LeBron likes to run like a one, four set. Yo, LeBron, LeBron hates to pick and roll. Yeah. People just going to have to stand on the side and, you know, eat off of his, his penetration. But AD is the most talented player he's ever played with. So there's going to have to be some concessions made. And I don't mean give up the ball so AD can dribble. You just have to get him in better places um, where he can score, one being the post, um, two being pick-and-roll situations. LeBron's just going to have to play a different style than, you know, he's used to playing. Um, and, of course, we're out of time. We'll, we'll just do this rapid fire. Um, Vikings, Packers, who you got? Uh, Vikings. Um, I think I'm going to take the Packers at Lambeau. Seahawks at Steelers. Did the Steelers get off the deck after getting embarrassed? Seahawks. Um, I'll take the Steelers. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs by a million. Chiefs here as well. Saints at Rams. NFC Championship rematch. Saints. Don't disrespect Drew Brees. Um, I think the Saints have a chip, super chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to win that too. Eagles at Falcons Sunday night. Uh, Eagles. Um, I will take the birds in that one as well. Ah, ah, said the birds. You don't know which one I'm talking about. Like, no, I'm going to take the Eagles as well. And the Monday night tilt, Browns at Jets. I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns. After they got embarrassed, the Jets are without their um, mono-having quarterback. 
Trevor Simeon is going to be the replacement. So I got the Browns getting off the schneid and giving the Jets what they need on Monday. I'm going, the, I'm going with the Jets. I'm rooting for the Jets. Uh, too much hype around the Browns. They are the Browns. So, All right. Le'Veon, come on. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everyone in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports, Game Time on the Group Me app, and all the callers who called in to holler at us. Special thanks to Gus Griffin and Fred Purdue for contributing to this episode as well. Tune in next week, live right here or on demand as we review NFL Week 2 and preview Week 3 and catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. and Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.